listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Good morning, church. How are you doing today? Good to see everybody. Awesome to worship with all of you. I love your passion during worship. Great to see everybody. My name is Brian Capiello. I'm one of the pastors here. If we have not had the chance to meet yet, I get the, the privilege of serving alongside my wife, Naya, who leads the kids ministry here at church. Why don't you go ahead and throw that slide up there, guys? That's my family right there. That's Naya. Absolutely. That's our little Harvey girl who is six weeks old as of yesterday. Uh, I, I want to make it clear, Santa is not a part of our family. Um, and Harvey does only have one shoe on in the photo, but she's the, the sweetest little bundle of joy, and, and we're having such an amazing time as, as first-time parents. And I, I wanted to, to thank all of you who've been praying for us, who've been encouraging us as we've entered in this, this newborn, this wonderful, wonderful newborn stage of parenting. It means so much to Naya and I. And um, Naya and I have had the joy of serving on staff here at New Chapel, uh, going on seven years. And, and it's been the honor and privilege of our life to be able to, to serve at such an amazing church like this. Thank you. And so uh, I, I wanted to jump into God's Word today. Um, I'm excited and honored that I have the privilege of bringing God's Word to you today. So take out a notepad, a Bible, whatever you have to take notes on. And uh, we, we believe at taking notes. Uh, we believe that, that God speaks today. Amen. And so at New Chapel, we believe in taking notes, and God speaks to His kids, and I believe that He has something to speak to you today exactly where you are. Amen? Amen. Today, we're going to be talking about breakthrough. I want to talk about breakthrough, and when I was preparing this message, I thought, you know what, maybe, you know, last day of the year I could preach, you know, new year, new me, something fluffy and cute, and I thought, I thought, no, I, I want to preach about something that I'm passionate about, that, that I think people need to hear, Merriam-Webster's uh, definition of breakthrough is an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Now, I have a question. Uh, who needs a breakthrough in this room in some area of your life? It, it might be for you a financial breakthrough. It might be a breakthrough in marriage or with a family relationship. It might be a breakthrough in the life of your kid or in your job. You might need a breakthrough in your own peace and contentment. You might be, need breakthrough discovering God's purpose and God's plan and calling for your life and next steps that He has for you. If, whether big or small, if you need a breakthrough in some area of your life, raise your hand just for a moment, just for a quick minute. Okay, hold it up there. Now look around. Everybody that I know personally, you can put them down. You guys are so great. Um, everybody that I know personally whether it's large or small, has a need for the breakthrough power of God in some area of their life. So my hope for you today is that you would see through God's Word His plan and process for breakthrough in your life. That you would see that God's plan for your life is to take you from hope to hope, from glory to glory, that His plan for your life is to work all things together for your good, that His plan for your life is to lead you to a spot of breakthrough. Amen? 
And so uh, before we get into it, I want to overlay this entire message today with a passage out of the book of Isaiah. This is what God says in Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. The scripture says, for my thoughts, this is God speaking. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. In my, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When we decide to follow Jesus, we make the decision to surrender our ways to his ways. But can I tell you, his ways are so much better than your ways. His plan for your life is so much better than your plan for your life. But what that is going to mean is that he's going to ask you to do some things, to take some steps that you might not, I can tell you're not going to understand it all. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And if we trust him, if you follow him, if you believe what he says and, and just obey the next step in front of you, it will be for your good and lead to your advancement. Amen? Absolutely. I love the three hand claps. Praise the Lord. Uh, and I also think it's important to understand as we talk about breakthrough that breakthrough doesn't just happen. Like you don't wake up one day and everything is awesome. Like boom, the breakthrough happened. I didn't have to do anything. God has a plan for the breakthrough that he plans to bring to pass in your life. Turn to Joshua chapter 6, if you would, in your Bible today. Uh, this is where we're going to be spending the majority of the time today in Joshua chapter 6. And I want to give some context for the Bible story I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, the Israelites, God's chosen people, through the covenant that God made with Abraham, uh, were, and by the way, still His chosen people today. Say amen. His chosen people were in slavery and captivity in Egypt for hundreds of years. And God chose a man named Moses to lead His people out of captivity. Through a series of miraculous events that I don't have time enough to go into today, Moses leads his people out of Egypt, 600,000 men, an estimate 2 to 3 million people in total, and leads them into the wilderness where they spend 40 years, the, the nation of Israel, millions of people. They get to the border of the promised land. Looking across the Jordan River at the land that God had promised his people. And the promise still stands true to this day. And Moses' generation was not allowed to go into the promised land because of their unbelief and their disobedience to God. But before his death, Moses sent 12 spies into the land. Ten spies came back with a bad report. No faith, not convinced that they would be able to do what God was leading them to do. But two spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back full of faith, determined that if God led them there, they could conquer it. And while I'm on that, can I tell you that when you're following God, you don't need a majority. You don't need a majority of people. If you have the Lord and you have a couple of people who love God, who are behind you, you will be victorious. 
And I want to tell you that you will always have people who oppose God's will for your life. You will have people who want to convince you that, that what you believe God spoke to you, you're convinced he's leading you into. You will have people say that's foolish, that's pointless, it's going to cost too much, there's no money in that. They're going to, you're going to have people say it might just be too difficult. Okay, but Joshua and Caleb, they came back with a good report. We can do this. God is leading us here. Okay. Moses dies. God chooses Joshua to lead the people. So that's where we're going to pick up in Joshua chapter 6. The nation of Israel has crossed the Jordan River and they're approaching their first city that God is leading them to conquer. It's called Jericho. And so uh, Joshua chapter 6 in verse 1, the scripture says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, keep that in mind, that's important there. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. I found it so interesting in this passage of scripture that in the same breath, the Bible says that the city of Jericho was secure. It had high fortified walls. In the same breath, it's secure, but God said that he had delivered the city into their hand. This tells me, write it down, breakthrough requires faith. Breakthrough requires faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This tells us that, that to experience breakthrough, it's going to require faith in what God says, no matter what our current circumstances look like. Because what they were seeing was a fortified city. But what God said was that he delivered the city into their hands. I have a question. Who wins? The walls in your way or what God spoke? Because your circumstances don't determine the promises or the plan of God. You may be experiencing something contrary to the word of God. And I want to tell you, that does not mean that God caused it. That does not mean that God won't work it together for your good. But ultimately, we have to believe God at his word, no matter what our current situation is. Amen, somebody? Amen. Amen. Did you know the nation of Israel did not come out of Egypt with an inventory of siege weaponry designed to take down fortified cities. They were operating in faith in what God had spoken to them. I want to ask a couple of questions, and I want to say this directly, if, if you'd allow me to. Uh, and I don't say this to make you feel bad. I, I, I'm saying this to challenge you into a deeper relationship and intimacy with God. If you need breakthrough, do you know what the promises of God are? Do you know what God has declared over your life? If you need a financial breakthrough, do you know God's promises for provision and for blessing? If you need a breakthrough in your health, do you know God's promises for healing? Because we can't have faith beyond actual knowledge. Whatever you're going through right now, God has a promise for in his word. And so how do we get the faith required for that breakthrough? Romans 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want to do an all play really quick. Just, just take it the next step. So then faith comes by? 
and hearing by they, two, two for two today, Pastor Joe. They're ready to roll. I love it. Uh, I want you to notice something about the text. It does not say faith comes by having heard. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard that one sermon two years ago. Faith does not come by last year's Bible reading plan. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God, constantly seeking Him in His Word, hearing what God has spoken over our lives. I've heard people say, Pastor, I need a word from God. Does God speak today? Yes, absolutely. He speaks to His kids. We have a very alive Jesus who wants to speak to you exactly where you are. But could I make a recommendation? Start with what God has already said. The, so, so the language of the Holy Spirit is the Bible. He's not going to speak something to you that contradicts what He has already said. And when we get into God's Word and we learn His promises and we see and we know Him more intimately through His Word, John 1, John 1 says that Jesus, that the Word of God was made flesh. His, Jesus is the Word. You want a relationship with Jesus, you have to have a relationship with God's Word. And so, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you know His Word, the voice of God will become much more clear in your life. People want to hear the voice of God. It's one of the most important aspects of our Christian walk. You need to know God's Word. And I love that our church uh, takes time and energy and, and preaches the truth from God's Word and in practical ways that you can apply into your life. Every Sunday, we work hard to, to bring something to you that is, is God's Word in a practical way, but it's not enough for you. I love that our church has small groups and, and discipleship programs like New Chapel Grow and new small groups that are, are, we're going to be having this, this upcoming semester that starts in February. But it's not enough for you. You need a relationship with God in His Word. If you want 2024 to be a year marked by spiritual breakthrough, let me ask the question. Uh, do you want 20? 24 to be a year marked by spiritual breakthrough. If you do, quick raise your hand. I, if you're not, I, I want my year to be a year marked by spiritual breakthrough. If you want that, it will have to be a year marked by intentionality of time in God's Word. Amen? This is a question. What area in your life do you need to discover God's promises and begin to stand on His Word? So breakthrough requires faith. Number two, breakthrough, write this down, is preceded by preparation, by preparation. Listen to what God speaks to Joshua on how they're going to conquer Jericho. It's found in verse 3, Joshua 6. The Bible says, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Was there anything in that Bible passage that God was instructing His people to do that was supernatural? No. 
Everything that God told his kids to do, his chosen people to do in that moment was all natural and within their ability. That tells me this, write it down. God will always give you a natural step to take when he wants to bring breakthrough into your life. And the steps will seem natural, but it's your obedience to where God is leading you and what God is speaking to you that will bring about the supernatural breakthrough in your life. Say amen, somebody. And I want to give you another example of preparation. Uh, It's found in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and and afterwards, but it's a story of Noah's Ark. Most of us are are familiar with the story, but I'll give just a very quick quick synopsis. Uh, God is going to flood the earth, and he's going to save Noah and his family as a righteous remnant. God speaks to Noah to build an ark. Noah builds the ark. All the animals get on it. God floods the earth, and they're saved. That's about the 22nd version of the story. It's much, much more in-depth than that. But um, what we look over in that story is that God spoke to Noah about building the ark. And Noah spent 120 years building it. 120 years of preparation. More importantly, there's not a single recording in Scripture that they had another interaction. God wasn't checking in on Noah. He wasn't coming down, no, how's the progress going? Anything you need? No, Noah had a word from God and spent 120 years of obedience. Through, through all of the frustration, through all of the ridicule and the doubting and the disappointments and the hardships, Noah continued in what God had said for 120 years. And I wonder, how many of us give up after a week or a month or a year? I've heard people say, well, God didn't come through. Says who? Says you on your timetable and your expectation of what you thought God should do? One of the problems with this this current generation is is we we get this um, incorrect view or perspective of God as some kind of cosmic vending machine. Have you noticed this? That... Uh, well, I prayed and I read my Bible today, God, make all my problems go away. Now. I, w- I want it now. And we get this view of God's timing that is very unbiblical. And I will tell you, there are things in my life that I've prayed for and asked God to do. And I had an expectation on what I thought he should do. That I thank God that he did something completely different in a different timetable. That he didn't, amen. That he didn't answer my prayers. Actually, he did. The answer was no. And, but, but here's the thing. It's because he had something better for me. And I want to tell you, if, if, if you're in a waiting season and you're saying God didn't come through, God has something better planned for you in Jesus' name. I like the way Pastor Joe has said it before. We're a microwave generation serving a crockpot God. So true. So true. And so the Israelites do what God directed them to do. Listen, though, to the instruction that Joshua gave 
in verse 10. It's, it's very important. It says, Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you will shout. This shows me that in a season of preparation, one of the best things we can do is just shut our mouth and obey God. Amen? And and as, as, as people, as humans, we are so naturally drawn and pulled to start speaking negatively about the situation, about the season we're in, about other people. And Joshua says, don't say one word. Because could you imagine what they were thinking? Remember, God spoke to Joshua. He didn't speak to the nation. He spoke to that man about what he had planned. And so as they're marching, you can imagine what they're thinking. But they're not speaking, remember. They're just thinking it. Like, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. This ain't going to work. Did God really speak to Joshua? He didn't really speak to Joshua, did he? Like, we should be building catapults, not marching around a fortified city. But the instruction was incredibly wise because the negativity, the disunity, the passive disagreement and slander will absolutely destroy the plan of God. And that is true in Joshua chapter 6, and it is true in what God wants to accomplish through his church today. Say amen. So, The nation does everything God spoke. And we pick up here in verse 20. The scripture says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down. And I want us to just take a pause and praise God for every wall that he's broken down and is going to break down. And if you need a wall broken down in your life, you ought to shout praise to God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Because there's barriers and walls in your life that will only come down after you've heard from God and obeyed what He's instructed you to do. The question I have is, what is the step that God has instructed you to take in preparation for your breakthrough? You know, and I've heard sermons on Joshua chapter 6 before. And it always seems like the sermon ends when the walls come down. And I get it. It's easy to shout for the walls coming down. It's, it's easier to put a bow, a nice bow on that. We shout, let's pray and go home. Um, but I want to read the rest of verse 20 to you. We read the first half earlier. This is what the rest of verse 20 says. Uh, it says, then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Write this down. Breakthrough is followed by battle. They, it says they took the city. The people didn't disappear. They didn't roll over. The, city, the people of Jericho didn't surrender. God's people had to fight for what he was leading them into. And I think that Christians need to become a little bit more comfortable with the idea of fighting for what God has for them. Not Facebook fighting. Some of you do that too much. Like less Facebook fighting, less pettiness, more fighting for the plan and the purpose of God. 
More fighting for truth. More fighting for your family and, and what God called you to. More, more fighting for what God spoke to you privately. Amen? Let's be a people that does not give up at the first sign of resistance. Oftentimes, resistance can be the indication that you're exactly where you ought to be. Here's the deception. Uh, we often assume that the other side of breakthrough will look like rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> Not so. That, that is, that's, if, if you believe that, I'm sorry, somebody lied to you. I've seen people experience the breakthrough power of God only to complain about what they prayed and asked God for. I've, I've seen people who but were believing God for a child for years, and, and they conceived and had a beautiful, healthy baby, only to lament about poopy diapers. I get it. I'm up to my neck in poopy diapers right now. I understand, but I'm grateful. And I think we need to understand that blessing comes with responsibility. And I've seen people who miraculously get promoted in their workplace and then express hatred towards their new responsibility. Here's what I'm saying. I don't want you to be surprised by the battle that comes after the breakthrough. There is going to be a fight. And, and okay, Pastor Joe, 2017, we buy this building. That was breakthrough, right? What came after that? Peace and tranquility? <laughs> Work, battle, 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 battle. Two months to do a 12-month renovation. But I want to tell you, if you're obedient to God and He brings breakthrough into your life, on the other side of the battle is blessing and provision and fullness of joy and fruitfulness. I don't want you to be discouraged. Romans 8 and verse 37 says, Yet in all these things... We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Through Him. Through, through Jesus. With God, you can overcome every battle in your life when you're yielding to Him, when you're casting your cares unto Him, when you're receiving your strength and your joy from Jesus. Amen? Don't be surprised by the battle, but instead boldly take the new territory with a grateful spirit. And this story, uh, this, this message is very personal to me. Um, Nye and I walked through this directly. It was Thanksgiving, 2020. And Nye and I, we, uh, that Thanksgiving night, we had Thanksgiving with family, went home, and, and we had a conversation, one of many conversations, and uh, we, had, uh, we made the decision to start our family. We were married when we were very young, and so we wanted a, a few years of marriage. Thank you for the soft hand clap. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to be married for a few years and be in our home. And so 2020, we made the decision, we're ready to start our family. And uh, my expectation was that we would get pregnant immediately, because why wouldn't we? Six months goes by year goes by. Yeah. 
two years go by, n- n- no family yet. After two and a half years of believing God for something, the doubts start to creep in. And I want to tell you, your pastors are not exempt from experiencing the brokenness of this world, the frustration and doubts and hurt and the battles. But every time a doubt would creep in, we would speak the word. We knew the promises of God. We spoke the promises of God over our family. We took authority over the enemy. Many times God would speak something to us that was so natural, uh, almost sometimes laughably small. But after we would obey, there would be a small breakthrough. And I want to say, don't ever discount the small breakthroughs on your way to experiencing everything that God has for you. I think that we ought to be a people who give God the glory for every small, medium, large breakthrough. Give Him the glory He deserves for every good thing in our life. Amen, church? And I and I got to the point where where we said, God, we receive your promise. Thank you. We have it now by faith. But we relinquish control over the timeline. Like, we have it. Thank you. We receive it. But we're not going to... We're not going to try to control everything. I found out my relationship with God works better when I'm submitted to Him. (laughs) Two and a half years in, there was a breakthrough. Naya was pregnant. And I can look back and see where God was building our faith. See where God was preparing us physically, emotionally, and mentally. I can see where God was working. And God is more patient and loving and a better heavenly father than we could ever give him credit for. I want to end with a question for our self-reflection. Where are you at in the process of breakthrough? Do you need to discover God's word and God's will and build your faith? Are you in a season of preparation where, where the key for you is you heard what God wants you to do. Now it's, it's obedience. That's the key for you. Or are you in, in post-breakthrough and you weren't expecting a battle and now you need strength and wisdom on how to overcome? Let me tell you, wherever you're at, seek God. Take the next step He has in front of you. Press into Him and trust Him. And when you trust God and discover His promises, stand on His word, obey what He says, and take the steps that He lays out in front of you, you will see the breakthrough of God come to pass in your life. Amen, church? Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. God, I pray that you're speaking to people exactly where they are. Open our hearts, Lord, to hear your voice, to yield our life to you. God, we lay it all down at your feet. Say, God, have your your will, not our will be done. We say yes to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're in the room, y'all just look at me for just another moment. If you're in the room today and you'd say, I need breakthrough, but, but my breakthrough is I need a relationship with God through Jesus. You're in the right place. And it's the best decision you will ever make. Jesus was the perfect son of God who came to this earth, lived a perfect life died on a cross in our place for our sins so that we could be forgiven. 
God raised him from the dead. And, and the scripture says that when we turn from our sin, put our faith in Christ, that we're saved, that we're born again, that God puts his spirit in us, that we have an eternity in heaven. If that's you in the room today, we're going to say a prayer in just a moment. Would you bow your heads just for another moment? If that's you, and you'd say, Pastor, I need a relationship with God through Jesus. I'm not going to stand you up, walk you down, or embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying with. Just for a moment, would you slip your hand up on the count of three? One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I see your hand right there. Thank you. You can put them down. We're going to pray a prayer that if you mean this prayer, the Bible says you will be saved. Romans 10, 13 says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Church family, if, you've, if you are saved, I want you to say this with me as a declaration of your faith and in support of those people praying this for the first time. Say this after me. Lord, I come before you today in search of a new way. You said in your word, if I would call Jesus Lord, I would be saved. Jesus, I call you Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Put your spirit in me. Thank you for forgiving me, for cleansing me, for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said together, hey, can we give it up for those people who accepted Christ? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. And as you go, love you guys. See you next week. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.